Hi, I'm Adewale Adejumo. I build businesses and I also teach people how to take control of their lives. You are listening to the Epilogue Buddha podcast where I'll be bringing you some of the best personal growth mentors and entrepreneurs on the planet. And they will be sharing the best ideas on personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. A word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by dropstore.co.za. If you want to start an online e-commerce business, Dropstore helps you create an online website and it helps you find products from suppliers to sell on your online store, add them to your online store, and ship them directly to your customers easily. You will never have to pay upfront for an inventory, which keeps your risks very low. Visit dropstore.co.za to find products or to distribute your products to the thousands of resellers on the platform. Use Dropstore to start and grow your online business today. Hey everyone, welcome to the Apple Labrador Podcast. My name is Adewali Adejuma. Today we'll be talking about foods for mental health. And not foods that make you feel good because they taste so freaking delicious, right? Like for example, ice cream. Because a week ago, I took my little nephew out and did the cool uncle thing, which is to buy them ice cream, okay? And my God, you should have seen the look on my little four-year-old nephew's face because he looked so happy, as if he was having a little four-year-old orgasm, like. <laughs> but, but here's the thing, that little junkie, right, is a sugar addict. And trust me, that good feeling he had was short-lived because what goes up must come down, right? And Absolutely. Wait, 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 yeah, if he, he fell asleep right after eating the ice cream. Actually, with half of the ice cream still in his hands in, in the car, he woke up, terrorized reality, and did it, and like you know did a little bit of playing around. And then right after playing, it crashed again shortly after. And that brings me to 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 today to our guest today, which is Karen, which is going to inform us about some of the good brain foods that won't lift you up and that will. They won't just lift you up, right? But they will also keep you up and they won't betray you like ice cream did to my little nephew. Karen, <laughs> welcome to the WWF podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Glad it's to find you. It's a pleasure. Guys, Karen is a nutrition epidemiologist at the University of Zambia and he's the founder of Pro, of Pro Development, WordPress.com. And over the past couple of months, Karen and I, you know, exchanged messages back and forth about good nutrition, especially nutrition that would assist you with things such as anxiety, basically brain food. Okay. Karen, how did you even decide that you wanted to become a nutritional epidemiologist? I mean, what the hell is that? <laughs> well, basically, it's the study of nutrition and disease, how nutrition impacts disease. It's actually something I kind of fell into directly in a way because I started off with HIV research. That was like my, you know, my passion, I should say. So that kind of led me to the importance of nutrition for maintaining um, you know, for HIV patients, but it doesn't just apply to them, it's everyone. I mean, everyone needs optimal nutrition for good health to avoid all those chronic diseases, you know, that are so prevalent nowadays, like cancers, heart disease, they're all nutrition linked, you know, even if we don't fully understand the mechanism, 
we know that a specific diet, you know, rich in your leafy vegetables, your whole grains, you know, your lean protein, you know, your fish, you know that universally that is linked to better health. All right. So that is kind of like the that nutritionists are going to tell people to, you know, consume a diet that is particularly rich in vegetables, right? And cemented in vegetables and other whole grains. Okay. That is linked to, to mental health as well, as we can see. So one thing, one differentiation that I want to make when it comes to food is that the food we eat is not the same as nutrition. Like it's not the same as nutrients because we can eat, we can because we can have a bowl of ice cream and it can make us feel good, but it is not it is not nutritious. And what I would love to learn are some of the foods that are nutritious and that assist us with our brain development. That assist that actually that actually are good for our brain and can help us to to cope better with stressful situations. They can help us to cope better with anxiety and and they can and they can help us to cope better with things like depression, like what kinds of food should we be consuming and for what particular reason? Well, before I go into that, I want to tell you a bit about our gut, right? What they call the gut microbiome or gut microbiota, because it's not so much as to what we eat, but just maintaining an overall healthy digestive system that is extremely important for mental health. Because what researchers are finding out now is that there's a direct link between the gut and the brain, the gut-brain axis, and the vast majority of serotonin, which is our happy hormone, that hormone that makes us feel good, regulates our sleep, our appetite, 95% of that hormone is produced in the gut, and then it's transported to the brain. 5% is produced in the brain, but the vast majority is produced right here in our bellies. So if we have a poor functioning gut, right, it's likely that we are not producing enough of this hormone. That has been linked to depression, anxiety, other mental disorders, right? So making sure your gut is working optimum, I think that is key to battling some of these, you know, mental disorders. So that being said, a few of the things that affect our stomachs, you know, on a long, medium to long term basis, things like taking antibiotics, you know, sometimes that is totally unavoidable if you have an infection, but we need to know that this almost totally destroys some of the beneficial bacteria in our gut. So it's important when you take antibiotics that you replace those beneficial bacteria by eating things like um, yogurt, not just any yogurt full of sugar, but like natural yogurt that has um, some bioactive cultures in them. Also, other things like fermented foods, you know, we have a kefir and the other types of fermented foods that can try to replenish some of those, um, those beneficial bacteria. Another thing that damages our gut 
at microflora. What's, what's an example of a fermented food? Because someone can just be like, ha ha ha, I can look at me, I'm having a glass of wine. It's healthy for my gut. <laughs> this is fermented. I can uh, look at me, I'm going to drink a bottle of strorum. <laughs> this is fermented, whatever the hell it is, you know? Yeah. True. And since, as you say that, I was just about to say that alcohol is something that also, you know, damages our gut, right? Not only does it kill the friendly bacteria, it kind of makes our gut leaky as well, right? What they call gut permeability, so that all the bacteria can leak out of our guts into our bloodstream and cause inflammation in other parts of the body as well so trying to limit alcohol intake is also important easier said than done and but you, you stopped drinking right for a few years now yes completely stopped uh, yeah. yeah i need to follow in your footsteps as well definitely especially as we get older you know but um examples of fermented foods there's difference in different um communities people ferment different types of food i know they have like fermented maize here in zambia and you can ferment like um what's the name of this food is it the fermented cabbage i'm sure you know what i'm talking about the fermented cabbage is that the one from is it is are you talking about kimchi yeah yeah that's the one that's the one yeah that is also pretty good as well so um yeah 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 there's, there's quite a big bit of fermented food some of them are like locally you know, available specific certain communities mm, okay. but yeah the intestinal flora i think is key is key making sure that you have that um that serotonin being produced and being delivered to your brain that is very 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 important See, so I see. When talk about foods, you see to make sure that your digestive system is functioning properly, that it's absorbing nutrients, right? Because the gut, in addition to absorbing nutrients, it also helps to like break down any foreign material, like any drugs, you know, any foreign bodies, helps to regulate your immune system as well. So that is also quite important. And then, of course, the production of the serotonin, right? Your happy hormone. You know, I never actually realized that serotonin and a lot of those good hormones, majority of them are actually, actually created in our gut and then travel to our brain. I, you know, like, um, I, I, I guess I assumed <laughs> that majority of these things just, you know, they... They get created because of the nutrients that's already in our body and some and yeah you're not you're not partly you're not wrong totally because one of the amino acids that's like the building block for serotonin it's tryptophan and that is yeah. something that we find in our foods right so there's a lot of plant-based sources of tryptophan funnily enough very interesting is that yeah, for example Things like um, your leafy green vegetables, sunflower seeds, soybeans, pumpkin seeds, mushrooms, broccoli, peas. Those are all good sources of tryptophan. Um, you can also animal sources too, like eggs, turkey. But an interesting point is that plant-based tryptophan is actually better absorbed by the body compared to the animal base. 
So it's always better to get a plant-based source of tryptophan. And then you have to consider getting additional nutrients as well in the um, any plant-based sources. You know, so, something, right? And this is, this is a question that I have because you are the expert. When people talk about plant-based something is better than an animal-based, um, you know, something. Like, for example, maybe there is there there is a richer amount of tryptophan in plants than in animals. What about the ability, our ability to be able to absorb that nutrients from plants as compared to a, and you know, like an animal? Because I know I can break down meat, or, you know, it's very, you know, like, like easily in my gut, but the but these but the um cellular but the cellular walls of plants is not easily broken down. So mm. uh, you know, like what is your what is your view on that? What's you know well that's that's actually what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ability of the body to absorb it, like the bioavailability, what they call it. It is actually better plants than animals but not for everything for tryptophan yes but for things like iron for example right so the animal based iron which is a heme iron that would be better absorbed by the body compared to a plant-based iron which is non-heme iron a way to increase the the absorption of plant-based iron would be to add vitamin C as well, right? So you usually find like an iron supplement, it might have uh, vitamin C in it as well to improve the absorption. So usually, generally speaking, the animal source is, um, for some nutrients can be better, but for others, the plant-based is um, superior. So in this instance, tryptophan, it's always better to seek a a plant-based source than animal-based specifically if you're looking for for tryptophan see and are there any types of food that i can eat that can give me a similar effect to being to being high on mdma everybody's looking for a super food you know like that <laughs> one food everything you know give you the best sleep you know relieve depression you make you lose weight Sadly, there's no such food that exists, right? There's no magic bullet, magic pill in the form of a food that you can consume. You just have to eat a balanced diet, as simple as that. But as you see how you started off by talking about your nephew and giving him ice cream, there's actually um, some science behind that. These foods that we call comfort foods, right? These simple carbs like your pastries, you know, potato chips, all these processed simple carbs, they actually uh, stimulate the production of serotonin which is why they call these foods comfort foods, you know, because they make you feel good, you know, albeit in the short term, they make you, you know, make you feel better about yourself. So people who are like trying to quit smoking or like dealing with like winter blues or, you know, like a woman who's um, suffering from PMS, these types of people, will gravitate towards, you know, these high-carb, simple-carb foods. They can feel better in the short term, but we all know what the long-term effects are, you know, weight gain, increased um, susceptibility to diseases like diabetes, you know, 
restaurants. So usually when people are stressed, they tend to seek these comfort foods. Feedback to any short term, problems in the long term. Mm. So carbs, they stimulate the secretion of or the production of serotonin. But I don't think we carbs should be avoided totally, like 100%. Because you know, there's a lot of these fat diets that are promoting like low carbs, zero carbs, all these things. I think that in itself is unhealthy as well because we do need serotonin. You know? So I would like actually like to see some research into some of these low carb diets and depression. Like if there's a link, you know, between these people that are doing all of these napkins and keto diets, if there's a link between that and depression, like long-term consumption of a low carb meal and depression. So we do need our carbs, but it depends on what type of carbs that we consume. You know, so complex carbs, which take a longer time to break down, they have a lower glycemic index, so they don't spike your blood sugar. So, you know, like What's, the legume, What is it? Yeah, I was about break. to ask you, what is a complex carb? Yeah, complex carb is just, it's basically has a larger structure, so it takes a longer time to break down. It's down slow over time, so it doesn't spike your blood sugar levels, right? That's like a simple to explain it so your simple carbs break down quickly you know elevate your sugar levels and then it drops right and what's so an example to... of a of complex carbs in terms of food so, and yeah. some and simple carbs let's say legumes so like lentils for example could be considered a complex carb um your whole grains right so your whole grain fibers your oats things like yeah oats and other different whole grains would be a complex for, carb for for who yeah. didn't know what he just said your whole grains is your whole grains <laughs> said, <bro. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> start this again yeah feeling like we're back in varsity now <laughs> Oh man, oh man. So what are what are examples of all grains? Because to me that doesn't really mean anything. Um what are your all grains? Like your cereals, you know, like your cereals, things like um, whole wheat, right? So whole wheat pasta, for example. Right? Things like oats. Oats is another um complex carb as well. So if you blend up some oats and some bananas in the morning, people who work out can tell you that, you know, it gives you a longer burst of energy right? mm. as opposed to something like, you know, something sugary, which just gives you a spike and then you burn out. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't. No, no, no. For you, me, for me, I'm the old wheat and banana guy almost every single morning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So for the benefits... Okay. So the banana is the simple carbs and the all wheat is the complex carbs. No, no, no. Banana is not a simple carb. Banana also gives you a long, a long to release of energy as well. Nice. I see. I see. Simple carbs would be like your your white bread, your pastries, pizza. Yeah. All right. All right. We, we we are almost nearing the end, okay? 
Guys, if you want to connect with Karen, you can find Karen. Karen's available on LinkedIn, Twitter, even on Instagram and on Facebook. Okay. And all you have to do is just type Karen Huden. And what I'll be doing as well as I'll be including is links in the description part of the podcast. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you'd also see is links on YouTube and follow to get more information about nutrition and more advice. And also don't forget to check out his website as well, where he usually posts some of the some of the thought-provoking research that's that is currently going on that actually affects a lot of us um, socially right now in the world. Karen, would you will you be will you please leave us with some last final words of wisdom with regards to food and our happiness? Well, what I will say is that a lot of these uh, mental issues that we're dealing with now that are becoming more prevalent in society and that people are talking about more anxiety and depression, a lot of times we separate it from physical health. Like we look at physical health and mental health as two separate entities, but the reality is physical mental health is physical health you know the brain is part of our bodies it's an organ in our body and it's affected by things that we do things that we put into our bodies right so now that we know the link between diet and depression we can start looking at mental health as also physical health and one of the things that contributes to depression is um, that we know now is inflammation inflammation in the brain Right? So when there's a lot of inflammation happening, when they analyze uh, brain activity of depressed people, people suffering from chronic depression, you see a lot of inflammation happening in the brain. So any food that can reduce inflammation will be good for your mental health right? and to reduce depression. So things like foods that are rich in magnesium, for example, like lean, 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 green vegetables, legumes, nuts, seeds, foods that are high in zinc as well, right? Like your cashews, egg yolk, fatty fish, which is rich in omega-3, right? Fatty acids, right? Any antioxidant-rich foods like your fruits and vegetables that are rich in vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E, right? Those potent antioxidants, right? That can help to remove some of the, you know, those free radicals. Foods rich in B vitamins, like your avocados, your almonds. We spoke about probiotics, like your fermented foods, and then your foods rich in uh, tryptophan as well, right? So perhaps I should do a post and list all of these foods, but um, basically any type of anti-inflammatory food, any food that can reduce inflammation, anything that is rich in antioxidants, would be beneficial for your brain health, for your mental health, which is your physical health. Mental health is physical health. That's what I'll leave you with. Thank you so much, Karen. Really appreciate you coming to the Philadelphia podcast. And I appreciate you as well, the listener. If you are listening to this podcast and you have not yet subscribed, don't forget to click the subscribe button because we're going to be bringing a lot more new guests that are going to be dropping gems like you just heard today from Karen Uday. And with that, I bid you all adieu, and I'll see you on the next episode of Apple Life Buddha. Bye. Yeah, guys. I'm Adewade Dejumo, and this is the Apple Life Buddha podcast. 
I would love to connect with you on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Facebook, you can find me at Adewale Adejumo. On Instagram, at Wale Adejumo. And on Twitter, at Wale Adejumo. If you enjoyed that episode, please subscribe to the Epilogue Builder Podcast so that you do not miss new episodes we will release. And I will see you on our next episode.